0: Today on Church and State, we'll be joined by Pastor Todd Coconato. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren. Once again, your favorite far-right shock jocks and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. The
1: only podcast brave enough to put faith and politics in the same room and have Jesus smack dab in the middle.
0: Hey, I need everyone to go on over to churchandstate.media and download and share the shows. I guarantee you're going to want to share this with Everyone, this is going to be a fascinating conversation. Also, take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. We got some great ones there. I'm not going to showcase anyone right now because I really want to bring our guest on, but you know them, you love them. Make sure to use that promo code Church and State. If you want to contact us, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. All right, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. Pastor Todd Coconato, uh, Coconato sorry, is a pastor, evangelist, national speaker, author, and radio TV host. He appears all over the media, and uh, he's, he's the founder of Remnant News, which is just fascinating to me. It's a Christian news publication, which you should be reading. Uh, I would suggest going there daily um, because you're certainly not getting the news from the mainstream media. So with that introduction, uh, Pastor Todd Awesome to have you on Church and State. Thank you.
2: Hey, gentlemen, it's so great to be here. I love that you have this broadcast because this is a question people always ask me. Should we stay out of politics? And I always say, absolutely not. So thank you for what you're doing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we got a pastor over here, uh, a former politician over here, and we are Church and State. You know, we got to talk about both of these subjects because um, the Christ- Christians should be influencing politics. Uh, it gotcha. certainly did at the founding of the nation, and we've moved away from that, and you can see the end result.
1: And you're a political advisor. Like you are the embodiment of us in one person because you are a senior pastor. And, uh, you know, being a political advisor, I'm just already asking myself, how did God get you into this arena? Cause it, it, you know, politics is, is so just, everybody says in Christian circles that politics are dirty. It's, it's evil, but how did, how did yeah. you become an advisor?
2: Well, I'll tell you, it started out being extremely controversial. I had I actually lost friends over it that, you know, don't get involved. I mean, we were part of a denomination back in the day, and that denomination didn't want me at all to be involved in politics, so— uh, we're now non-denominational, but isn't that sad state of affairs that, you know, denominations say, you can't get involved, you know. Um, but I'm going to tell you something. If 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 somebody is a parent that's watching this and you don't like the curriculums in the schools or you don't like all the gender stuff that they're pushing or you don't like the fact that they've taken God out of everything that you can imagine in our culture today and you don't like the fact that we're lighting our cities on fire, that we're, you know, off the moral cliff in America, that's because there's been a vacuum in the political arena. And where does it say that, in the Bible, that we shouldn't be speaking to all areas of influence as the church. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. The culture should be downstream of the church, and that's why this nation has had the favor and the blessing of the Lord, and we've become the greatest nation in the history of the world. I mean, if you think about it, and, and the reason that is is because, you know, Israel was chosen by God. America chose God. We made a covenant with God, and I'm not saying that we're better than Israel from a biblical standpoint, but what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, at least in modern times, America has been that shining. City on a Hill. You know, you think about the Reagan era and and the 80s and, you know, the times where we, you know, we pulled down the Berlin Wall and communism and all the things that America has done that's positive. And a lot of that is because of prayer and that the church was very active and involved in all areas. And so there's been a lie from the pit of hell that said that churches shouldn't be involved, pastors shouldn't be involved. You just preach the gospel and don't preach anything else. Well, how can you do that? How can you effectively get people saved and set free and healed and delivered, but not speak to, one of the most important levers of our daily life in our society, which is government, and politics.
0: Pastor Todd, I love what you just said there. Uh, Israel was chosen by God, but America chose God, right? And, and you can see this in all of our founding documents. The idea right. that rights come from God, not from man, not from government. Yeah. Even a representative government—that's directly out of the Bible—and right. for some reason, Christianity uh, or, or modern American Christians, we've moved away from this idea, and we just want this wall of separation that is found nowhere in our Constitution. I know you know that. I know our audience knows that as well. But this lie has been so effective in in placing us in this box, and as Christians, we just can't come out of it. And, and now, especially you know, COVID. Now that now the state's invading the church and we're just all eh, hey, we gotta submit.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, it's that whole Romans thirteen, you know, that scripture drove me crazy during the, the C nineteen thing because people were misusing it. You know, if you think about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, if they would have applied in the way that many of these pastors were saying Romans 13 should be applied, they would have never took the stand and gone into the fiery furnace, right? And the Lord was with them, obviously. So they didn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. Well, nothing has changed in the New Testament when it comes to tyranny. We're never, see, the Bible usurps anything else. So if the laws of the land, you know, in a good way, not in a bad way, but in a good way, if, if there's a tyrannical law or it's making you do something against what What the scripture says, then that's when we apply the scripture and not the tyranny. So you you don't bow down to tyranny. When you do that, you get a communist country. You get a country that they're going to go into every area of your life. It's not going to stop, you know, with just one thing. They're going to keep going more and more intrusive, more and more control. And that's what we're seeing happening right now. And that's why we're at this very pivotal crossroad moment in history. Because right now, I can still speak freely on your show, thank God. And there's no guy over my shoulder. But you know, who's to say just. couple of years, things could be much different. We know U.N. Agenda 2030 is in motion. We know the World Economic Forum is pushing all these ridiculous, stringent things against the sovereignty of our country, the U.N., uh, all their different treaties and, you know, climate accords and all these different things that our government, our current administration is signing on to that is literally geared towards taking away the sovereignty of this nation and the constitutional rights. So this is high time where we get active involved and we start pushing back. I'm going to rail a
1: quote to the both of you, and you guys have maybe heard this, but everything that you've been saying speaks to this. Charles Finney, you may be both yeah. familiar with him. 1792 sure. is when he was born. This is what he preached from the pulpit. If there is a decay of conscience, the, pulp- the pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press lacks moral discernment, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses interest in Christianity, the pulpit is responsible for it. You've seen a theme here? If Satan rules in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. If our politics becomes so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away the pulpit is responsible for it charles finney
2: you nailed it that's right that's exactly true I mean uh, if we're not preaching sin you know letting people know what's sin talking about the blood of Jesus the cross of Calvary repentance we've got to talk about repentance these are areas that the seeker friendly culture and that movement that's been going on 30 plus years in America where you know it's greasy grace and just a real quick message inspirational you know one scripture couple scriptures don't really get into it too much and so what we have is we have a, a church culture uh, of people that are basically very, very malnourished when it comes to scripture. And so uh, if you don't know the scripture, you're not set up for success. And and this is what's happening. So th- this whole movement, I believe this is a disruptive time and the Lord has allowed this with, with COVID and with all the different things that have happened the last couple of years. Each one of these things has shown who, the, who, the, who those that are willing to stand are. There's been a separation of the wheat from the tares. And so I think God has allowed this so that all of us can look and say, okay, who are the generals? Who are the people that are standing? And who are the people that just backed down and capitulated and caved and shut down for months and months and made everybody wear masks and social distance and didn't believe that you could lay hands on the sick and that they'll be healed? They totally didn't listen to the scripture. It says, Do not forsake the assembling of the brethren. They just forgot about that. You know, so there, there have been generals like Pastor Ken Peters and others that have stood in this time and the Lord has anointed them and appointed them in this hour and raised up their voice and their platform because of the fact that they were willing to stand so it's amazing to see what god has done and that separation is still happening by the way
0: no amen to that you know i I, i'm a i'm a marine and so i i have a very simple test because if it's not simple i might you know try starting eating crayons or something you never know but when you're looking at the seeker sensitive model that has been so popular for for a very long time as you pointed out i just simply look at has it worked and, and the obvious conclusion is, no, it has not worked. In fact, as you put it, you've got these, this greasy grace to where Christians don't understand. They can't defend their faith. We are, we've gone away from being apologists. We don't read the word of God at all. And so when somebody's faith is challenged, and even the, the most simplest of ways, they end up questioning their faith. And, and so many of, of, especially the young Christians, they go off to college and they completely walk away from it.
2: Yeah, Well, the colleges are set up to be Indoctrination camps. I mean, at this point It's not even about a higher education It's about a higher indoctrination I mean, it's like, you know, I know so many people As a pastor, they tell me, you know, I sent my kid away To school. They were raised in a Christian Home. They were, you know, on fire for the Lord And then something happened. They go to this this College and they come back. They're atheists They hate us. They, you know, they, they're turning Into all these other weird gender stuff I mean, it's crazy. And this is Happening. And so this what this is Is we gotta call a spade a spade. It's a demonic attack It's what it is it's demonic it's a spiritual battle and sure it's happening in colleges and we can say oh it's left versus right and all that but what it is is it's a spiritual attack on our younger generation and on this nation and that's why it's so critical like finney said that the pulpit speaks the truth why is it it, it blows my mind i know you guys get this but you know there's there's so many church services that go by where you will know you will think it's like 1990 i mean no urgency right. no one's talking about any of this stuff that we're talking about i i just it, it blows my mind and you and you know it could be in the i remember when uh, abortion when roe v wade got overturned you know and it's like that is a no-brainer every pastor in america should have been like thank you jesus it was a victory now is it the the, the final victory in that battle no but it was a big step okay and and many of us had gone to you know uh, dc and marched for many years and fought in that so that was a big day of victory gentlemen i was shocked there were churches that you heard nothing about it that weekend i mean they didn't even mention it and you think How could you not, you know, so these are the things I'm talking about. It's like, when when Finney says that, that's what I think about. When we're not pushing back against the gender nonsense, we're not pushing back against all the lies that they're pushing on these young people and all the nonsense coming from the mainstream corporate media, and we're just silent, then we are not being effective. And honestly, we're going to have to stand before the throne one day. And I, I got a healthy fear of the Lord. I don't want to be that guy. You You, know,
0: you know what made me so mad about that, Pastor Todd, is, you know, a, a lot of these same churches were, were promoting Black Lives Matter. And yet we're completely silent on the abortion issue, right? If black lives really matter to that church, let's talk about how many abortion mills are planted firmly in in the black neighborhoods. Let's talk about the history of Margaret Sanger. You really want to talk about black lives matter? Then you should be celebrating the fact that states can now decide whether or not they're going to participate in abortion. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, you got. It. I got a a note here, a quote from Tucker Carlson. I think the Lord's been using this guy to speak prophetically, whether he realizes it or not. You know, but one of the things he was saying is the undeniably big topics—the ones that will define our future—get virtually no discussion at all. He says war, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power. Bottom line, what he's saying is the conversations that we should be having, we're not having. Instead, we're having these meaningless. Pointless, woke, nonsense conversations. And meanwhile, our country is rotting, our infrastructure is rotting, our, our economy is going downhill. We're we're a service based economy. You know, we're going to our enemies to beg them for oil when we could be energy independent. I mean, there are solutions to everyone. And that's what I think everybody appreciated about Trump. Was Trump may not be perfect, but you know what he did is he had an America first policy. And he would look at an issue and say, you know what, there's a solution. You know, we need to drill more, we need to become energy independent, we need to have more natural gas at home home. We need to make more fair trade deals. And those things just make sense. So what's happening is we're not having the discussions that we should be having. Instead, we're having these mindless, ridiculous discussions that mean nothing. And meanwhile, we're still headed in the same direction.
1: I do want to speak to the cost. There's a flip side. Jesus said, build the tower, but count the cost lest you build it in vain. And I don't want to name drop for the purpose of hurting anybody, but Carl Lentz, okay? The, the, the guy, <laughs> he he he's... Right. You know, I'm praying for him because I yeah. actually heard him spoke when, uh, when I was a youth pastor and the right. anointing that was on him, you guys, he was coming down on MTV. He was literally from the pulpit destroying MTV, saying it was the worst thing that had happened to our country and the passion for purity that he had at the time. Somehow, if you lose your way, because I remember seeing him on the view and, and, and scratching my head because I had literally sat with him at a leaders conference just right next to him, met his wife and all that and, and heard him preach and then I see him on the view and I'm thinking, why aren't you speaking about abortion? Why aren't you speaking about sexuality between men and men? He literally said from the pulpit it is not my place in my congregation to speak about people's bedrooms. What? Mom. John the Baptist yeah. literally called out the king and said you're sleeping with your, your mother-in-law or whatever it was. It was some right. type of incestual an relationship and Jesus yeah. acknowledged him and said y- you get the kingdom. You fight with it with for four John the Baptist got praised by Jesus. Here's the thing. I'm scratching my head with Carl Lentz. Why would you do this? And then God spoke to me in that moment. He said, pray for him. But eventually if you don't stand for anything, you become stand like the nothing. Bible says, you are like salt that has lost its flavor and you will be trampled by men and there's a cost to it. And so I do say to everyone. Just be wary all you pastors who who don't stand for anything the time is coming our Dietrich Bonhoeffer moment is coming
2: Yeah yeah We're
1: going to have to stand for yeah.
2: something Yeah Well, I'm I'm glad you said that too, because we do have to have grace and mercy when when we're supposed to, you know? And so it's like, we talk about greasy grace, but there is a large amount of grace that the Lord has. I mean, I I was a messed up person, so I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm like, you know, I still make mistakes and I don't claim to be perfect in any way, shape or form, you know? So I don't ever wanna sit from a position of being on a high horse or making fun of people. I I think that being a pastor is very difficult. There's a lot of spiritual attack. The enemy is very sneaky, but this is why we have to have accountability. We have to make sure we're, we're having our pro time daily. We're in the word of God and, you know, we're teachable. We got to be teachable. So, you know, I think the, the problem is we've, we've met, there's like a celebrity, culture in the church and i think that really needs to kind of go away i mean obviously you know if you're well known on social media where you know that's unavoidable but the deal is is that we shouldn't strive for that we shouldn't make it like oh this is making it in ministry this is to know him and to make him known we got to be very careful because if if pride steps in that's where the fall comes this pride comes before the fall so i think what happens is a lot of times uh, a younger leader will get raised up and it's it's like being a celebrity i mean literally you got people fawning all over you and wanting your signature and pictures with you and, you know, all these different connections and different. And so, you know, if you haven't been, I have a kind of a unique perspective because I was in Hollywood before I was a pastor. So it's a little weird for me because I've already kind of lived that life. So to see it in the church, it kind of is disgusting to me because I don't think that it should be you know because I've already seen that in the world Uh, but you know I can understand how people are susceptible to that because it's alluring I mean look when Satan tempted Jesus you know what did he say I'll give you the kingdoms of the world here you know here this could be yours now Jesus said get behind me Satan it is written and that's what we as believers need to do we need to know what the scripture says and we need to be spiritually astute enough to know when it's an assignment of the enemy if if somebody you know something that's not of God comes along your way a woman that's you know not your wife or we've got to be strong enough in our faith, in our accountability, to be able to say no, because that is not only going to hurt me, it's going to hurt everybody that follows this ministry, and there's going to be collateral damage. You have to have a real heart for the Lord not to fall in that way, you know, and so, but this goes back to the last 30 years. We haven't really had uh, a structure of accountability. We haven't really been raising up disciples, you know. The the whole seeker-friendly model doesn't raise up disciples. It's all geared towards just somebody lifting their hand and saying, I accept, and then that's it. You're on your own, you know, coming to church. Every week and maybe get involved In a small group and maybe you'll Grow maybe you won't but you know there's A lot of people I'm just going to be honest guys that They're going to church for 10 years but barely Have made any changes from their BC Days they're almost living the same life Yes they go to church they get inspired And then they go live the rest of their life As if nothing's changed God is looking For people that are going to make the complete change Like I'm all in I am going to Become a fisherman now I'm going to You know be about what the scripture says the Bible Says if you know me you'll you'll obey my command if you love me, we got to obey the the scripture. And, and that means consecration, holiness, purity, righteousness. It, it really, that's going to be the game changer, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I, I love, I absolutely love what you're saying there because uh, that is the real problem within the church is, is people don't I, they go on Sundays, as you say, uh, but the rest of the the rest of the week, you know, they they're living their normal lives, you know, they're, or their their Pope BC lives, as you put it. Uh, we we've got to be studying the Word of God because if we don't know what's written in there, uh, there are false prophets that are going to come around. They're going to tickle our ears. We're going to be led astray, and unfortunately, right. pastors are not. Well, I, I can't. I can't even throw the blame completely on pastors. It's the church. The church is not discipling, and I and I love that you're talking about that because it's so much more than just a sinner's prayer. And uh, now I go to church sometimes. You know, and now no, it, it's changing your entire life and being able to defend the faith when the world attacks it. That's right.
2: And there's another aspect to this too, you know, from a pastor's perspective, because there are some amazing remnant pastors out there that are standing and are teaching the Bible. People also have to be willing to be teachable because there's a lot of times several senior church and as long as you don't say anything, they're fine. But the minute you issue a rebuke, even in love or some guidance or correction, a lot of people, will, ah, I'm out of here, you know? So, uh, you know, this is kind of the culture that we have right now where people are they, like, they doctor shop, they also pastor shop and they want to see somebody that's just going to be speaking what they want to hear. We we need to be seeking what the Lord is saying, and that's that's in his word, you know. And so I didn't write the Bible. I'm just a messenger. You know, people say, well, wh- how can you stand for this? Or how can you say, look, I didn't write it. Like, this is just what it says. And I'm going to stand by it in its entirety because that's what sets us up for success. So, you know, I might have had some things a little bit different, but thank God I didn't write the Bible, you know what I'm saying? No. So yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, go ahead. I want to introduce you both to a term because, you know, the two of you, you, you resemble boomers, not so much... Todd, but you, you may look like a boomer. We're the
0: too. same age. I just love
1: throwing that out there at you. But I have a teenage son who's, he says anytime you, you, you water down something in a, in a young person's lingo, you've nerfed it. You've, y'all yeah. You have kids who, you know, you all play with nerf guns. I know your kids play with nerf guns. I still
0: play with nerf guns. You, you play with Nerf guns still, Todd? We have Nerf guns in okay, our house. Okay, so we, yes.
1: we can't Nerf things down for our congregations. We we have right. to have live rounds. When you practice with live rounds in the Marines, it's scary, but it's this reality. Is you have to you have to throw the truth. And there's, there's another terminology, OP. I, I'm declaring that you are OP, Pastor Todd. That stands mm. for overpowered. A lot of times, young people will complain that, oh my gosh, that weapon is too OP. It's too overpowered. It's not fair we have to realize that God is not wanting us to be nerfed. He wants us to be OP. He wants us to be overpowered. I don't know why the Holy Spirit wants me to teach you this. I I have no idea, but I'm telling you, God wants his kids to be overpowering the enemy. And when we water stuff down, it's not a joke. We we are literally losing our saltiness.
0: Can I piggyback off that? Because you you literally kind of went the exact direction that I wanted to. Uh, Pastor Todd, I want to get your thoughts on this. But isn't what's going on in the world today making Christianity exciting. I mean, when I, when I listen to you, uh, I get excited, right? I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's fight, right? But with everything that's going on right now, and you brought up some of it with, with the UN, with the World Economic Forum, uh, you know, CERN, they're, they're, they're literally saying they're trying to open a portal to hell. Like, doesn't this make what what our live. faith exciting? <laughs>
2: It should, if, if you know what the scripture says, it's, it's coming to light before our eyes. And I just think, how cool is it that God trusted us to bring us in this generation where we literally get to see all these things happening? I mean, think about it. It's like the, we're, we're in the exciting part of the movie, you know what I'm saying? We're at the climax right now. So, you know, you could look at it and get on the doom and gloom train and just say, oh my gosh, everything's going horrible and what's going to happen. And I better get in a bunker somewhere. Or you could look at it and say, you know what? God brought me in the world this time. I'm going to occupy until he comes. I know he's with me until the end. You know, he's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. And this is what I'm saying. There's two simultaneous revolutions that are happening right now. You got the, the world's revolution, which is dark and evil, and 24 is going to be bumpy, and we're going to see them pull just about everything they can think of. But then you got the spiritual revolution, which is God's revolution, where we see the greatest harvest in the history of the world before Come the Lord on. returns. People are hungrier than ever. We have the answer. It's not fentanyl. It's on opioids. It's not, you know, all, all these other addictions that are out there. We have the the answer to get these people saved and set free and healed and delivered. I believe that's why we're still here. God's giving us a little bit more time because he cares so much about the souls of the people that are out there. And that's why if we make it about the business of the Lord, we get up every day and we just say, Lord, what can I do for you today? How can I be about your business? He's going to put his favor, his blessing on you. I'm telling you, if you got financial challenges and you're watching this broadcast right now, you start waking up every day and say, Lord, how can I bless you today? How can I make it about souls and kingdom? Goodness? I'm going to tell you how quick that's going to turn around. Because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's not out of resources. He's not lacking. And I know sometimes it seems like, you know, you're pushing real hard and you haven't seen the blessing yet. But I'm going to tell you, that was me for many, many, many years. And just, this is like my 24th or 25th year in ministry. And it's like, I'm finally seeing fruit from things that we sowed 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, so just hold on. Just keep going. Don't give up. Just do it for the Lord and watch what he does.
1: Amen. I'm, I'm like, I you're preaching to the choir right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we certainly experienced that on our, on our end as far as church and state is concerned. But, you know, kind of continuing on with that pathway of what we're discussing here, you know, there's so much that is occurring throughout the world. And they've been so emboldened. And we were just talking with uh, with Julie Green on, on a previous episode. But we were talking about the fact that, you know, the, 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 the Lord laughs at the plans of the enemies. He sees right. them and he laughs at them. And we've got, you know, bumbling Biden in the office right now who, who literally is allowing them to completely take over the country. The, the globalists, the satanic Luciferians, they are so emboldened, they are just literally rubbing our noses in it. And as you said, we are seeing this revolution of light. People yes. who may not even know who Christ is, but they know, right. they're, they're searching for truth. And they don't like being picked on, they don't be, like being bullied. And so we're seeing this grand group of people that are joining together to fight against this agenda.
2: Hmm. yes and that's right and you know the only thing i would say is the distinction of like some other people in our community versus the way that i look at things is i do believe we have to be a people of action you know there's been this movement where it says sit back watch the pop you know the popcorn and, and the lord's gonna know i do i do in every instance if you look at it and i did a big study on this because i want to make sure that i was correct correcting what i was feeling in my spirit then every time when a nation turned their back on god they would go into captivity the temple would be you know taken over i mean you'd see the children of Israel go in and out of captivity. And every time a nation would turn back to the Lord and repent and, and even just the church, because he says, if my people, you know, and so if the body of Christ would do what we're meant to do and each of us have an individual part that we can play and and it doesn't need to be too overwhelming. Like I don't have to go out there personally and like save the country, but what I need to do is I need to go out and do what the Lord's calling me to do. What he's, you know, like you guys are doing your part. you are having this show. I know you do other things as well. And so the Lord is going to bless those things. But if, each of us do that and we become a people of action, the Lord does go before us and he does respond to the prayers of the righteous. And so that's why I believe that, you know, we've got to do our part, but the Lord is in fact, you know, he's not out of resources. None of this stuff has caught him by surprise. You know, nothing is like, he's not like, oh my gosh, look what Soros is trying to do. Or, you know, oh my gosh, look at the plans of the world economic Forum. In fact, what he said to me when I was praying about this, he said, many are the plans of the wicked. You know, the wicked have all kinds of plans. Some of them they may be able to achieve. A lot of them are going to be thwarted in prayer. But for watchmen like us, we need to strategically pray against the plans of the enemy, and we need to do our part to do what the scripture says and use the tools that he's given us, because the battle's not against flesh and blood, but it's against strongholds and principalities. And when we understand the battle that we're in, I believe the devil's worst nightmare is if the body of Christ were to understand the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, and we were able to do those things He's done. He's finished. And so that's why I know that it's not over for America, because if the body of Christ stands, repents, does what we're meant to do, I believe we're going to see one more round. I believe the Lord is not done.
1: Well, Todd, we only have a few uh, seconds left. We want to talk about your website. You can also find Todd if you go to His Glory. Todd Coconato Show is there. You you have a podcast that people can listen to, wonderful sermons that I've listened to. Uh, How can we find you?
2: Thank you so much, my friend. Well, I appreciate you guys and everything that you're doing. You can go to my website, pastortod.org, pastortodd.org. It's just pastortodd.org. And that's like the central hub. It'll show you all of our social media and everything that we're up to
0: awesome well I mean it, the interview went far too quickly I mean I, I could probably talk to you for hours in fact I, I want to come to your church like if if I was come in Tennessee I would be at your come church visit, man. I, I, I would love to get down there I love Tennessee Tennessee is is probably one of the best states in the entire Union in my opinion I would live there wow. probably tomorrow if I could but maybe if, you will you never know right? you never know <laughs> I, I know a lot of people moving over there my son just did yeah that's true come so on. yeah so no pastor Todd, uh, we just we, we loved uh having you on the show we love your spirit you. and your boldness And just thank you so much for doing what you're doing.
2: Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you. And let's continue to stand and take back this country. Amen. Church of State
0: is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Gabe Blomgren, and a calm does not suit me. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire.